It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. This is Cruise Radio. This podcast is brought to you by TripInsurance.com. I don't want to get any emails this winter saying you missed your ship because of the snow. Get a Trip Insurance policy before you cruise at TripInsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> this is Cruise Radio. How's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Happy to have you here. On this episode, we're going to chat with Ed. Uh, I met Ed last month on a sailing. So October, I was at a welcome back party and he had uh, like 1,103 days with Carnival Cruise Line. So I walked up to him after the event and I was like, can I please interview you? Because that is a lot of loyalty. And so he agreed. So we sat in the piano bar the next day and talked for like 25, 30 minutes. And during the interview, I asked you, the listeners, some questions uh, in our Cruise Radio News Facebook group for me to ask Ed. And it was really cool because we did like on-the-fly questions. If you asked a question, we asked it to him live, and there was nothing prepped on this interview. It was all just off the cuff. So uh, I always enjoy these kind of interviews that aren't aren't pre-planned and sketched out or anything. It makes things a lot easier and a lot more fun. Uh, speaking of Cruise Radio News, it's our Cruise Radio Facebook group. We post articles. We post pictures. We help each other deal with post-cruise depression. We'd love to have you in there as well. Just search Cruise Radio News on Facebook. All right, Sherry Kennedy is here with Cruise News. Hey, my dear. Hey, Doug. So Royal Caribbean had this big announcement last week that included a lot of technology. We touched on it with Stuart and Sherry Eisenberg briefly last week. Uh, give us some. Give us a recap. It was a pretty big event. I'm sure that thousands of thousands of dollars were spent on this fantastic technology. Uh, rollout of what's coming down the pike in the future. But really, just to sum it up, uh, and they had a press release about it, so I'll just you know take the snippets out of that because it's really so complicated. And like you said to me earlier, it was all over the map. Um, their basic goal, is, number one, is to get the time that people spend getting in line, checking in, to be as fast as, they say, it takes to order french fries from the drive through so, you know, skipping the check-in lines, they're going to use facial recognition technology so they will know who the guests are upon arrival. And they're going to also use technology to track your, your suitcases. So it's going to make it possible to know exactly where your suitcase is and when it's going to arrive in your stateroom. And I guess, conversely, it'll be able to know if it gets lost, mm-hmm. you'll be able to find it better. Um, apparently, through an app, you're going to be able to sign up for shore excursions, order drinks, make your dinner reservations, all while sitting in your chair by the pool. Um, and it's just a device uh, that you're going to carry around with you. I guess it's going to be on your iPhone or your smartphone. Isn't that how it's going to work? Yeah, so it's going to be on your – it's all smartphone-based. It, it's interesting because a lot of this is like the Ocean Medallion that Princess is rolling out uh, later on this year. But I thought it was cool. It was my first time experiencing something like this when it came to – Um, ordering a drink from my phone because before we went to this event, they had us download this app. So we get to the event and you had to turn the Bluetooth on, you had to turn the uh, location device on, but you would say, order a drink on the app. You'd push the button and you'd push what drink you wanted. And then it would say, bottle being opened, bottle being poured, drink on the way. You could track your drink's progress. And then next thing you know, 
someone's coming up to you saying, Mr. Parker, and you look back and it's like someone holding a vodka soda or whatever you ordered. I was like, wow. And, and a big old picture. They have like an iPad and a big old picture of my face, like a selfie I took from my phone that was horrible. But uh, yeah, that was really cool in the, the uh, embarkation process. They were showing us how they're going to, you know, like I said, upload a selfie, do the whole facial recognition thing. That's a... Uh, it's kind of wild, like the facial recognition kind of freaks me out. But I think that um, I guess at the end of the end of the day, it's probably going to save uh, a lot of time getting on the ship because you basically just walk on the ship with your phone, and they they have a barcode and they scan the barcode, and you're ready to go. Oh, that's pretty neat. Now going back a little bit, when the when the waiter brings your drink and he identifies you by your by facial recognition, where's the bill? Yeah, I guess it goes into your <laughs> app. I guess right. I mean, it, it would yeah, have I to. Mean, I, it's all interconnected because you could do so many things on there. There was, um, I don't know if the app would actually work right now if I pulled it up because I'm not at the event anymore. And uh, I think it was, it's still in beta, I guess. But it, yeah, it's not working right now. But um, yeah, it's actually, it was pretty wild, like everything that, it, you, that the app will do when it gets functioning. And I, I guess, from what I understand, a lot of the technology is going to be integrated on their next launch. And then I guess Spectrum of the Seas, which is due out in a couple of years, it's going to be fully integrated. And then they're going to integrate this technology um, uh, refurb by refurb, kind of like Carnival's dealing with the fun ship 2.0. Well, when a Royal Caribbean ship goes into dry dock, they're going to outfit the ship to be like have this new program where you could do the um, quick yeah. embarkation and the, the drink ordering and all that by the pool. Yeah, I think it said 50% of the fleet will have this by the end of 2018. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. It's I mean, aggressive. That's yeah. pretty aggressive. It's a big, big rollout, but I mean, if it actually works, and it's technology, so there's going to be issues, like Princess is having a little bit of issues right now with Ocean Medallion, but uh, I think if they get this streamlined and done cr- and they do it correctly, it's going to be pretty cool. It will but be the, the, only, the only thing is you have to be connected to your phone everywhere, and I don't... like. Yeah, I take my phone around um, on my cruise, but sometimes I like to leave it in the safe. Um, so, yeah, if you do that, you'll just have to walk up to a bar and get a drink and not have to have it delivered to you wherever you are. And I guess then they'll be selling some types of high- then I guess they'll be selling some type of wristband because people are bound to leave their phones at the bar yeah. or somewhere when they pick up the drink and walk away. Yeah, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and speaking of uh, new ships for Royal Caribbean and uh, existing ships, Harmony of the Seas, is, which is their latest ship that was launched last November here in Florida, uh, is going down by your area. This is exciting news for us. Yep, Port Canaveral is going to see two more Royal Caribbean ships coming in. It won't be until 2019, but the Harmony of the Seas will be moving here as well as the Mariner of the Seas is coming back. So Harmony of the Seas is going to relocate to Port Canaveral from Port Everglades, May of 19. Yeah, it's a long time to wait, but that's okay. Um, And we will have the largest ship in the world here, which is pretty exciting for little dinky Port Canaveral. And then uh, the Mariner of the Seas is going to come back also. She's going to go in for a $100 million upgrade. Um, And right now there's about 4,200 passengers that it can hold. So still less than the Harmony, but certainly more than the uh, Majesty of the Seas that she will replace. So 2019 looks pretty exciting for Port Canaveral in in terms of uh, Royal Caribbean. And, of course, the Oasis will be leaving when the Harmony comes in, and that ship will go down to Miami. And one more Royal Caribbean story here. Uh, Spectrum of the Seas, which is their ship they start, just started construction on, uh, they laid the keel for it. Break that down in layman's terms. What is exactly does that mean? 
Sure. The keel laying ceremony, is, it's very important. It signifies the beginning of the ship's physical construction. So, for example, during this ceremony, it was a 620-ton block of cement that was lifted into the building dock over in Germany by an 800-ton crane. So can you imagine it's almost the same size as the block that they're lifting? And set to debut in 2019, the spectrum of the seas will be the next evolution of quantum-class ships. In fact, they're going to call it Quantum Ultra, and the ship is being specifically designed for guests in China and in the Asia-Pacific region. Hmm. So we won't see it over here in, in North America but, uh, again, it's really an important step. It's the very first step uh, in building a new ship. They sure are bullish on China, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And uh, it should be interesting because I, you know, I, I guess uh, the Mariner's coming back from Australia, but I thought originally she was going to do China mm, several, several years ago. It's, but, um, yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, Australia is supposed to be this hot market, but now they're taking, what, they're bringing Ovation to Alaska from Australia? And now they're bringing Mariner yeah. over here, so it's interesting to see. Maybe Australia's cruise lines have oversaturated the Australian market. That's possible. You know, and you've got the, the I think your P&O is there too, right, mm-hmm. if yeah. I'm not mistaken? Yeah, they're there so too. So they've got their share of ships, and, you know, who knows? I know they love to go cruising, and oh, I know gosh, they yeah. refit the ships for Australia with more bars. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I love cruising with Australians because it's always a good time. They, uh, they love to drink. Uh, moving on here, Princess Cruises <laughs> completed a historical milestone in the Panama Canal. Yeah, this is pretty cool. So go, you know, go walk back 50 years. Well, <laughs> pre-dug. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back in 1967, Princess Cruises was the first cruise line to go through the Panama Canal, and now 50 years later, they've marked another major milestone when the Caribbean princess uh, just traversed the newly opened Neo-Panamax locks. Now, this is on the Atlantic side of the canal, and it opened in June of 2016, and it's all part of this 10-year, $5.4 billion Neo-Panamax expansion. So um, that's pretty cool. I've seen little photos of people standing on the deck being the first cruise ship to go through. So that's pretty exciting. So because before this point, um, only certain ships could go through the Panama Canal because they weren't or they were too big, correct? The ships right, were yeah, too big. The, yeah, previously the ship could not be wider than 106 feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Caribbean Princess is 118 feet wide, which really doesn't sound like a lot of yeah. difference at that point, but it, it wasn't able to fit through the locks. But now it can go through the locks. So um, there it went, and it was a um, pretty exciting event. I know they had um, a party on deck. They opened up spaces for the passengers to go look out at the front. And uh, it was just, it was a landmark. Yeah. 50 years. That's pretty cool. All right. Tampa, they have underwent some terminal enhancements. Uh, so guests sailing from Tampa will see some changes, huh? Yeah, Port of Tampa. Little, what a wonderful port. Have, have you sailed? You've sailed out of Port One of Tampa, One time right? I did Jewel of the Seas in 2011 out of there, but that's it. Yeah, no, I really like sailing out of the Port of Tampa. It's very small, and this is a great move, I guess, if you want to bring in more more. It's a great move if you want to bring in larger ships. And mostly uh, Royal Caribbean is the number one cruise line over there. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, sailing on the November 4th, uh, Royal Caribbean's Empress of the Seas, they were the first ones to use the new, newly refurbished and enlarged terminal. Uh, they can accommodate uh, 2,500 passengers, whereas before it was only 1,800. So they have three terminals now, and they can deal with the patch and they can deal with the passenger capacity of these mega ships. 
Um, Royal Caribbean has plans to home port the Rhapsody of the Seas with 2,435 passengers in Tampa when the smaller Empress moves to Miami at the end of this year. Okay. Well, uh, so last week we talked about Port Everglades getting some enhancements and now Tampa. So, uh, so Florida's tidying up their cruise ports one by one. They are. And look at over here at Port Canaveral. You know, they've had to dig deeper. You know, the canals had to be uh, de- the canals had to be widened and dredged and new parking structures. They're changing everything here at Port Canaveral with a visitor center. So, yeah, everyone is investing in their port expansion and, and uh, refurbishments just to get more ships and more tourism. And it's great. Except Jacksonville. We still have one small ship here because the city council doesn't like the cruise industry. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Screw them. Um, I didn't know. <laughs> passengers. Uh, this next story we could file under news of the weird. Uh, passengers kicked off a cruise ship for trying to start a mutiny. What happened here? Yeah, this is pretty ridiculous, actually. A cruise passenger tried to stage a mutiny after the ship on which he was sailing changed its itinerary. And you could say he ended up walking the metaphorical plank, as they say. (laughs) And here's how the story played out. There was this French passenger. He got all upset when the Costa Neo Riviera had to make several changes to its scheduled itinerary. Now, the ship was en route to Madagascar, right? But uh, two days into the journey... The captain announced that several stops on the itinerary itinerary would be skipped because of what? Bubonic plague. So, you know, I wouldn't want to go to an island that had an outbreak of bubonic plague. No plague. No way. But uh, apparently this man, his last name is is, uh, Jean, and his wife, they took the, uh, the first cancellation of Madagascar. They did okay with that. But then when it was announced that the next two additional stops were going to be skipped, he wasn't really happy with that. Uh, Costa offered to make things right with some onboard credit, but then he got a little bit, shall we say, ticked off. He started a petition, (laughs) and then uh, he organized a protest in the restaurant. So they had about 60 people at dinner time banging their fists on the table to alert the other cruise passengers, and they really thought, they were being conned. He thought that the ship knew about this ahead of time. You know, we really don't know how it actually happened. But, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if they knew ahead of time or not. You're not going to go to an island with bubonic yeah, plague. Absolutely I wouldn't not. think so. So so the way it ended up, you know, the guy, he was a jerk in my opinion, but maybe not. Anyway, the, the, uh, the ship's captain got so worried because he was instigating everything people were getting um, – all blown out of proportion. He kicked the guy and his wife off the ship in the Seychelles. Uh, they were paid uh, to fly to the islands, cost to put them up in a hotel, and then flew them home later on. So um, it's kind of interesting, you know, it's the squeaky wheel, but um, <laughs> he felt he was freed from a floating prison, he said. Oh, oh gosh. My goodness. We have one listener question. If you have a question, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. This one's from Thomas in Davenport. We're taking our first family cruise in 2018 and need help with selecting a balcony stateroom. The wife and I usually get an inside stateroom, but with four of us traveling, we're going to need a bigger room. I'm wading through dozens of different balcony room categories. How do I know which room will be big enough? We're torn between Oasis and Harmony of the Seas. 
Well, at least there's sistership, so that helps make it a little bit easier. You know, I don't know if going to Fort Lauderdale or uh, Port Canaveral makes a difference for you, so that's one thing to consider. But, you know, you said you've had inside staterooms before, and on the Oasis and the Harmony, they do have a category, it's called FI, for Family Interior Stateroom, and it will accommodate up to six guests. So if a budget is something you're concerned about, that would be an option. Um, it's 274 square feet, so that's a pretty nice size stateroom compared to the other ones that are about 174 square feet. There's also a family ocean view stateroom at the same uh, square footage, 274, and this will also accommodate up to six people. And again, it doesn't have a balcony, but it could save you a lot of money in the long run. But finally, if you do want to go to a balcony, the Oasis and the Harmony both have a Category FB family stateroom with balcony. It's a little bit larger. It's 291 square feet, plus it has an 81 square foot balcony, which really is like 8 by 10 if you think about it, something like that. But um, it will also sleep up to six guests. So those are really your options. Um, you could always try to get two adjoining staterooms, but I would price out the family stateroom. It would be nice to have everyone together. It's four people. Six would be a little bit crowded, I yeah. think. But for four people in a family stateroom, I think that's a great way to go. Awesome. Good advice from Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com, as always. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at CruiseRadio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Want more Cruise Radio? Find a library of over 400 episodes on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. So on this sailing, uh, we're sailing with Ed Patterson, and you have a lot of days at sea with Carnival, don't you? Yes, I do. I started this cruise with 1,101 sea days. 1,101. I have so many questions to ask you, but I want to back up first. Um, give us a little background about yourself. Uh, well, I was a retired Air Force officer, and then I got into real estate, became a broker developer, and in 2004, I decided to move to Florida and start playing the stock market, mm -hmm. and I started cruising Carnival. Did my very first cruise in July 2004 on Carnival Glory. Where'd you move from? Uh, from Georgia. From Georgia? Yeah, Warner Robins, Georgia. 
Nice. Now, where was Carnival Glory on your first cruise? Where was this? Port Canaveral. Port Canaveral? Right. And you're, you're in Daytona right now, correct? Yes. So that's like an hour or so uh, from Port Canaveral? Right. 50 miles up the road. So 1,100 sea days. That's like almost, what, four years of your life? Yeah, a long time, isn't it? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I don't, you know, really don't keep track of it. I just, I, I have like 26 more cruises booked. Wow. And... Uh, it's, it's probably going to take me up to 1,300 sea days when it's all said and done. Well, first off, thank you for your service. How has cruising changed since you first started? I mean, 1,100 days ago, you know, sea days ago for you. Well, I started with Royal Caribbean, did a bunch of cruises with them, and the Princess, and then Norwegian. And then one day I, well, I did the cruise on the Carnival Glory, and back in those days I did the red white and blue groups and we had so much fun now i'm up to 152 cruises with them and they just they keep adding things they take away a little here or there but they add things it's all about fun and and uh the people on the ship is what i like uh i have so many carnival friends and i go from ship to ship and i'm always running into them and that brings me to another cruise because mm-hmm. i go Oh, so and so is on this ship. Let's go see her, or, or go see him, and stuff. And that's what brings us to cruising all the time. You're a diamond with Carnival, which is like the top tier. They should create a different t- tier just for you, 1100. But what's your favorite perk in, uh, you know, sailing with Carnival? Well, they give me a lot of uh, seats at the shows mm-hmm. at the front row because I like to sit up front. Uh, that's probably the only perk. It's an unofficial perk, but. The cruise directors and uh, entertainment directors typically give me that. Uh, I don't ask for anything. Mm-hmm. I I just think that you pay for what you get. So if I want a, a grand suite, I, I pay for a grand suite. Uh, and I think Carnival likes that. And they're always offering me things. They send me gifts and to my room, fruit baskets, uh, mm-hmm. uh, bottles of wine. But I never ask. You said you've sailed on Royal before and Princess before. Mm-hmm. Um, have you sailed on them recently or has it been strictly Carnival? Strictly Carnival. Once I started with Carnival, I've done 152 straight cruises with Carnival. Wow. That's how much they've impressed me. That's it. Are you a Carnival stockholder? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, I, you, I would, you better I would be. encourage <laughs> everybody to buy their stock. It's, it's, go, it's going up, but if you cruise a lot, it's well worth getting the, yeah. the, uh, the onboard credits. And, and if you're a shareholder, I mean, if you cruise as much as you, let's just say, you know, 12, 15, 16 times a year, can you use that benefit every single cruise? Every single cruise. Oh, so it's, it's well paid yeah. for itself for yeah. you. I average 30 cruises a year wow. for the last four years. And so you figure out how much money Carnival gives me um, from a stock that I bought at $31 and it's brought $64 64, now. yeah. So it's double in price and look at all that money I get from onboard credits. What's your favorite Carnival ship and why? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. I know. I, I always say the, one, the ship I'm on is my right. favorite, but I truly love the Magic and the Breeze. Uh, I've been on the Magic 14 times in the last year and a half, and I've been on the Breeze 27 times, and I have four cruises booked on the Breeze in the next couple of months. Wow. We were talking last night briefly, and uh, we came across that we were sailing together, but we didn't know it back uh, on Carnival Vista last year in the Med. What do you think of Vista? You know, it's a big ship. It's a pretty ship. Um, the um, Well, we did nine cruises, 
total of 96 days on that ship. Um, we changed rooms every cruise. Mm-hmm. So we had balconies, we had inside cabins, ocean suites. Uh, just, it was a lot of fun. But they picked the best people to go to that ship. And I everywhere I looked, I knew the people and stuff. And, and they all wanted to be my wait staff or whatever. And I just, I really had a lot of fun. Got to meet the... Um, John Heald, mm-hmm. Christine Duffy, the president of Carnival, and several of the other, a Butch, and uh, Sarah, the part of the entertainment group. So it was a lot of fun. They just they really made us feel welcome. A lot of people say cruising like uh, cruising with Carnival is like cruising with family. Do you feel like that? Absolutely. Uh, the we did the Vista uh, interview, uh, a TV pro- promo. And they interviewed us in the casino. Mm-hmm. I'm a casino player. And uh, uh, that's what I told them. I says, it's, it's not really the ship. It's the people that make the difference on the ship. And sometimes you go to a ship and you say, well, I'm not happy because of this or that. But suddenly you look around, you see this person you know and this person you know. And they really try to be really special to you. Got a couple of questions here on the live stream. Um, Gary wants to know your favorite class of ship. Dream class, Dream definitely. Class. Okay. Yes. And uh, we have one. What exactly draws you to Carnival and not any other cruise line? I just think it's the attitude of the, of the employees on the ship. Okay. Cool. We'll have some more coming in as well. Um, oh, what's your favorite food, Monica wants to know? Well, there's two. Okay. I. I love Greek salad, and they normally fix me a Greek salad every single meal when I'm on a ship. And recently, uh, I was on a Vista, and I had dinner with the captain, mm-hmm. and he introduced me to calamari. And I'd <sighs> never had it, and now I love calamari. And so I, when I go to Kachina, I always have a big plate of calamari, as well as the first day of every cruise, they always have it as an appetizer. What is that experience like, dining with the captain? Oh, wow. You know, it was, have you ever, I mean, this captain, we used to be the captain of the Magic, Mm -hmm. and then he got transferred to the Vista. And I was sitting on the Lido deck, and he comes walking up and he says, hello, Ed, how are you doing? I go, Captain, you're supposed to be on the Magic. He goes, no, I just got on the ship about a half hour ago. But uh, uh, we had dinner with him and some of the casino execs. uh, we were celebrating my wife's 100th cruise, cool. and uh, and so it was really nice. He's so down to earth. Okay, most of them are when they're not uh, that when they when they sit at the table, they just talk to you like just regular people, mm-hmm. which I really like that. Yeah, you got to. You mentioned you're a casino player. What what do you play? All the wrong machines. <laughs> are you just a slots guy, or do you play the I, tables? I, I play the slots, and okay. uh, and. Uh, the most I've ever won was ten thousand dollars, and um, but uh, I probably gave it back to him. So sure, <laughs> but uh, one day I'm going to go back to play cards. I used to play cards, but I just have a lot of fun playing the machines, and I cruise for enjoyment. That's all. Do you ever play the uh, roulette or craps? Uh, I used to do that, and when I was go to Acapulco, I would I would play the roulette table. Yeah, I, I've tried to I tried to uh, learn craps last night from Becky, but. I can't do it. In my mind, I can't comprehend it. Now, I feel safe playing roulette because I can put it all on black and easily double my money or 
lose all my money. That's right. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's interesting there. You mentioned that you you have cruised eleven hundred and seven days after the sailing. Uh, it would be eleven oh five. Eleven oh five. Yes. Do you still get off in ports? Uh, some ports I do. Uh, I just spent three weeks in Alaska on okay. the Legend, and we got off on almost every port. Just oh, it's, Alaska is so beautiful, and I encourage everybody to try to catch one of those ships uh, in the near future. It is a history lesson of the world. When you go up there, they have a naturalist that talks about these glaciers and what they're doing and everything. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend people go there for that ship. What do you love most about Alaska? We did one excursion. It was a, a river cruise, and we went probably it was about a half a day on a jet boat, and we just went up the river, and we saw all these eagle's nests and and where bears are. We didn't see any bears this particular day, but it was just so nice and peaceful. There's no humans out there. They don't live out yeah. there. Three weeks in Alaska. What's your longest stretch on a carnival ship, back to back? We did last year 96 straight days. Well, we did actually one October to three January. Wow. That was 10 cruises, 55 on the Vista, three on the Splendor, and two on the Conquest. Wow. Chris Riviera wants to know, what's your strangest incident you've seen while on board? Well, I've seen some things I probably don't want to mention yeah. on the radio. <laughs> okay, well, let me tell you what. Uh, cruising is just part of society. People yeah. come on the ship and do the same dumb things on a ship as they do at home. So uh, be prepared for anything and everything. Sarah Phillips wants to know, uh, how long did it take you to reach 1,100 days? Uh from July 2004 till now, so so you figure what uh, 13 years? Wow, and 30 cruises a year you're yeah. averaging. Yeah, I st- back a few years ago I was I was doing my will and my do- my lawyer said, why are you saving all your money because you have no kids? Go enjoy because your nieces and nephews are going to love you. So I booked 18 <laughs> cruises the rest of that year, and then I've been averaging 30 a year ever since. Do you have a favorite cruise director? Oh, Jamie D. Yeah, I just, she's awesome. She's, um, she is the one that I just love. In fact, I'm going to go see her for New Year's uh, mm-hmm. on the Paradise. And so uh, I, I normally don't like to go on these short cruises, but I like celebrating on ships where I have friends, and Jamie's my favorite. You've been, you going to Cuba? Uh, no, not yet. I've no. been... I, I want to go to Cuba, but I'm not ready to go there yet. I want them to clean it up a little bit. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, what's your favorite sea day activity? Definitely the casino. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in the casino all day long with the fireball raffles and things like that. So, uh, yeah, we just we spend the whole day on a sea day. You mentioned you have 26 cruises in the future booked right now. Yes, that would be like from now all the way out until what April of 2019. They they stop uh, selling them. End of May of 2018. We're going to leave. Like, we're leaving here in a couple of days and going to the Splendor for 15 days and then going directly to the Vista for six. And then we're flying to Texas and doing three weeks on the Breeze. And then we're flying back to Port Canaveral and doing the Sunshine for 16 days. <laughs> uh, it just, it, you can see the, and the, we're doing the Paradise and uh, for New Year, I mean, for uh, New Year's, we get home on the 2nd of January. We're flying to California and doing the inspiration, the imagination, and the miracle all the way to Tampa. Get off the ship and flying back to Texas, doing the freedom, the valor, 
and the breeze. And then 51 days on the horizon. That, that blows my mind. Do you ever do any land vacations? Yes, I do. I go to Punta Cana, Dominican Republic every year for a couple of weeks and go down to Costa Rica for a week or so. So we, we do traveling. Lauren's asking, um, how have you watched the cruise line and cruise industry change over the years? They're building bigger ships, okay, which means they need more guests. And I think they tend to do uh, cut back on the number of people working. So the crew members are doing more with less people. Mm -hmm. They're trying to cross-utilize their uh, the talent. Like you'll see waiters acting as bar waiters too now. Uh, I, I think the one thing I really don't like is the the lack of a tablecloth in the dining room. But that's saving them a lot of money. But I would prefer the tablecloth. The I know some people don't like the fact they give up the chocolates, but mm-hmm. I never we never ate them anyway. Yeah, so same here. It's just it's really petty to worry about a little piece of chocolate. I would put it in my bag and it'd melt and get all over my suitcase when I got home. I, I agree yeah. with you there. I've done that. <laughs> Are you a, a big ship or small ship guy? Uh, I'm any ship guy. Yeah. I, I sail them all. Um, some of my favorite uh, cruise directors are are on. I mean, well, I like going to the Conquest. It's a really nice ship. And the hotel director is a guy named Stuart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've sailed with him on uh, several ships. Uh, in fact, he was on the Freedom. And when they opened up the uh, Red Frog Pub there, they asked me to cut the ribbon for that, for the okay. grand opening. And I'll, I'll never forget that. Uh, the Vista was, oh, what an amazing cruise there. We had... One time, 330 diamond guests on the ship. Wow. And the next week we had, the next cruise we had 450 diamond guests. And so they had two and three uh, platinum diamond parties. And so uh, they asked me to go to all three of them. And, you know, if you drink a little bit of wine at the first one and the second one, the third one, that third one you feel kind of goofy (laughs) going up on stage. But uh, we had a great time. Carlos wants to know, uh, how are you not sick of the Carnival brand yet? Well, if I got sick of it, I wouldn't cruise it. That's right. the thing is, it's, I could, that's why we change ships all the time, because mm-hmm. every ship is different. I mean, people don't realize, but sailing on this ship is so much different than sailing on the Magic, which we were on last week, versus sailing on the Liberty versus the Glory. You know, it's different ports, different crews, uh, different rooms. Everything's different. Jennifer wants to know how many um, ships on a stick do you have? I probably have more than anybody. My <laughs> wife says, don't bring any more home. I probably have 100 ships on a stick from every ship I've been on except for the celebration. But um, the other thing is I have all these plaques. Oh, my gosh. She says, please don't bring any more plaques home for the top cruiser or the so anyway, maybe they give us something nice like a <laughs> bottle of wine. <laughs> Do you ever miss the retired ships like the Celebration? Uh, I think I like these bigger ships yeah. more. There's just more room, more people. much, And, and I think that uh, the nice thing about these newer ships, they, they really, they're starting to upgrade them for the handicapped people, and, which makes it really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crystal wants to know, have you ever thought of just living on a ship? I have a beach condo. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I have discussed this with my wife, and she says we need a home base. 
And so we'll go home for a couple of days and then off again. And we just take down the shutters or hurricane shutters, turn off the water, the hot water heater, and we just go. Did uh, Hurricane Matthew impact you last year? We were on the Vista when that happened. Wow. <laughs> and we of saw course. pictures of, of what's on both sides of where we live were really damaged and we were worried about it, but we're very high up and we didn't have any problem whatsoever. Interesting. Whenever you go from ship to ship to ship, do are are there like do you ever take advantage of like the onboard booking where you get like a certain amount of onboard credit or anything like that for booking your next cruise on board? You know, and I have the most wonderful planner, a girl named Jennifer Brow, mm-hmm. and she makes a living off of bookings. And what little money I would save for booking on ship, I would prefer to give it to her because yeah. she is so responsive to me. Is that a, um, like somebody through Carnival? Or yes, is it, it a, is. Yeah. She's a Carnival uh, uh, PVP. Okay. That's personal vacation planner? Yes. Gotcha. Um, favorite new venue on the cruise ships now? Besides love, the casino. I love going to Gigi's restaurant. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, it's on the Sunshine. It's on the Vista. And it's going to be on the Horizon. The Gigi staff is just amazing. Like, I am allergic to shrimp, and they have sweet and sour shrimp. But when I mentioned, could you make it sweet and sour chicken, they do it for me. Nice. Yeah. Are you a beer guy? Beer? No, I'm not a beer no. guy. I, um, I, I, I used to drink beer, but I, I, I started to drink wine a little bit more, and I like that. You see where Carnival announced today they're putting a, um, a sit-down barbecue restaurant and brew house on Horizon? Wow, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, it just was announced a few hours ago. Oh, wow. Guy Fieri's partnership over yeah. there. Okay, that's, I, I love the barbecue. Mm-hmm. Trust me, that's, in fact, all these older ships, they've converted the uh, fish and chips to barbecue mm-hmm. for, up on deck 10. So we were on the glory. I probably ate the barbecue maybe half a dozen times in three weeks while I was on there. <laughs> that's good. Um, uh, it's, I wish the, the bigger ships, the Dream Class ships, had a barbecue every single day mm-hmm. instead of sea days you see yeah. yeah they um i like the on those was the conquest class ships they have it where the fish and chips used to be mm-hmm. because the first day no one knows about it i know and you have it to yourself mm-hmm. and then it slowly people start start creeping up there and it's oh. like ah yeah the it's secrets ama- out yeah it's it's amazing and it's and they're all everybody's fighting for chairs downstairs and all that room upstairs <laughs> on that first day it's just vacant and i that's where we normally go eat. Well, what kind of stateroom do you normally book? I well, this week we got uh, the Grand Suite. Uh, sometimes we get um, uh, ocean view. Sometimes inside cabin. The casino typically gives me an inside cabin, but the ones I book, I'll book balconies. Uh, it doesn't make a difference. My room is where I sleep. Sure. And it's not a place that I plan to spend a lot of time in. Yeah. So do you have a do you have a favorite stateroom or is it the one you're in? Uh, I think the. I mean, you're in a you're in a suite right now, right? Yeah, what I'm do you think su- about that? I, I like I like suites. They're very nice. Uh, the The suites on the Magic were really nice. The suites on the Legend were really nice. Uh, this suite here is a little bit smaller. Uh, the bathroom's a little bit smaller than you see on the other ships, mm-hmm. but there's it's still plenty of room. Do you ever get the steakhouse selection in the main dining room? I'm having that tonight for dinner. Uh, we're having dinner with uh, the casino execs that are visiting uh, for this cruise. And so they're having dinner with us. 
And uh, I, but I will tell you guys, the carnival is switching the menus for the magic. I mean, for the sh- uh, the kachina mm-hmm. and the and the steakhouse. They're fabulous menu changes. Uh, we had it uh, last week. Uh, they have a new. Uh, for those who've eaten in the steakhouse, they have this chocolate dessert they used to have, sampler. They got rid of that. They now have, it's a white chocolate egg filled with ice cream and cake. It's artwork or something like that. It's so good. Uh, they have uh, onion rings and french fries instead of just baked potato. Just the menu has changed. is really good. And the kachina, they have, they gave us... A sample of every type of app or uh, entree, and the pork chops were huge. Uh, we ate so much food. I had dinner with uh, Dima, the housekeeping manager, mm-hmm. and uh, we just had a really nice time. And and all the people come up and were talking to us. And that's awesome. I, they they did it with the cheesecake though, didn't they? Cheesecake is gone. And this cream spinach. Yep. And the escargot. Yes. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, but I felt like portobello mushrooms were my favorite in the steakhouse, and they're gone too. But, oh. but they have stuffed mushrooms now. Yeah. So, uh, as far as you know, a couple years ago, Carnival went from um, taking lobster off the menus, but under under five nights, it's no longer served in the in the main dining room. Yeah. And the, you know the reason why they they were not getting good quality lobster. Okay. And so. Rather than giving everybody poor quality of lobster, they decided to get rid of it at the five-day cruise, mm-hmm. but they replaced it with duck. And that is so good. So if you're doing a five-day cruise or less, try the duck. You'll enjoy it. Lindsay wants to know if you ever get the drink package. Yes, I do. And uh, I try not to do it too often. I have it this week uh, because I just think sometimes you drink too much. You feel like you have to drink 15 drinks a day. Right. And this week, I think I've only had, in four days, maybe 15 drinks total. So it's, it's not a big deal for me about the drinking. But, you know, sometimes it's nice just to not to gamble, just to go and try the Alchemy Bar a few times. I, those are nice. Uh, the Perfect Storm, if you get yeah, a chance to go there. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your favorite part of the ship just to relax on? I tend to go to the Lido deck, and I enjoy... The crew members coming by and talking to us and everything else, and that's relaxation because they all have little stories about, you know, their way from home also, mm-hmm. and and from all over the world. These young kids are working, and they they like to tell their story too. So it's kind of nice. Do you ever do anything like little for the cabin steward or anything to kind of like a token of appreciation? Well, I tell you one thing we always do. We like to sail at Christmas time, mm-hmm. and we bring a bunch of gifts, uh, small gifts like earrings or shirts and stuff like that, and maybe 20, 25 of them, and give them out to crew members uh, because they're away from home for yeah. Christmas too. That's probably the biggest thing we do. Yeah, the crew is a big part of the experience here. Yes. I, I noticed um, there was a, a gentleman in a wheelchair who had um, he had his legs amputated, and he was on the ship in the, um, mm-hmm. the Lido deck area, and he was reaching for something. And I saw a crew member yesterday run across the dining room just to go out of his way to help this gentleman. And mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, that's that is the one thing I I was talking to some people about on on the legend was 
carnival, if I was carnival, I would recommend they would put together a little study on how to improve the quality of life of the seniors and the handicapped. Mm-hmm. The reason being is this is a generation of people that have been cruising a long time and are getting older. Yeah. And they want to continue to go with Carnival. And because of that, they uh, Carnival needs to do things to help them a little more. Do you feel like most of the ships are ADA compliant as much no. as they can be? No. No. I think they, there's some things they could do. Like... Like these glass elevators, they close too quick. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so if you have a scooter and you're backing up, the door closes on you. Yeah, all the time. Gotcha. Fair enough. Uh, Matt's asking: Is there a ship on the fleet that you refuse to sail on? Well, you're gonna put me in trouble there. <laughs> um, I, I think. Tell Matt this: Every seven months, the crew rotates mm-hmm. so the, you may have a bad experience this time and the next time you'll have a good experience so you never know because they have different uh, crew members uh, the well on this ship here they picked up a new housekeeping manager Aji mm-hmm. he used to be on the magic uh, the the food services manager used to be on the splendor I mean the the captain has been here, I know, for three years because that's when I first met him. Mm-hmm. And the hotel director, I met him in 2012 on the on the Escacy, and he's been here for at least three years. So the, a lot of the, the senior staff stay, but everybody else moves on. Are you more of a, a hometown cruiser or we'll say home state because you're in like pretty much a central Florida area, Miami, uh, Port Canaveral, Jacksonville, or do you prefer traveling somewhere to go? I cruise majority out of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to Jacksonville, Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and Port Canaveral. And, but I'm, I, do, I do cruise out of New Orleans, out of Texas, out of Long Beach, and recently out of Seattle. And Europe, of course. I've, yeah. I did the transatlantic on the Freedom, the Breeze, and the Vista. I'll be sailing on Horizon on April 15th. You're going to be over there on it? I'll be there two April for 51 days. Cool. Wow. So I'll see you over there too then. Um, well, I guess in closing here, I've had you for like 30 minutes, and I really appreciate your time in answering these questions. Um, so you have over 1,100 days with Carnival. What would you say to someone who's never sailed Carnival before and is maybe on the fence about sailing them? Well, you're going to read lots of comments about cruising. People who write bad things typically... People who have problems on a cruise will typically write their stuff, but there's more good than bad. So you just have to realize your situation. Don't let a small problem ruin your cruise Mm -hmm. because there's no such thing as a perfect cruise. Uh, I just say let it roll off my back and move on because uh, they're just people trying to make your vacation good. Yeah. It's funny you say that because it's like... You know, you read online where people say Freeport sucks mm-hmm. and Nassau sucks. But I would much rather be sitting here right now looking at those palm trees in Freeport than sitting at my in the radio studio back in Jacksonville. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Like, or when I go visit my friends in Colorado and everything and and all of a sudden they got a snowstorm <laughs> and I'm going, gee whiz, I'm here and uh you know <laughs> wish you were here right yeah. <laughs> well ed patterson it's been uh been a pleasure talking to you and media on this sailing i look forward to seeing you uh next year on horizon man okay. thanks for being here buddy thank you very much
A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.